Welcome to Inside the Chamber. I'm Nikki Anderson, the President and CEO of the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce. Today, our show focuses on women in finance, taking control of your future. Whether married, single, widowed, or a recent graduate, money isn't always a favorite topic for women, but today our guests will discuss ways that women can get up close and personal to their finances and create their own wealth. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Thank you all for being here today. I'm very excited about this topic because personally speaking, I know that finance has always been one of those things that when I talk to my husband, like, you worry about it, I don't wanna to have to worry about it. But I know the value of, of worrying about it and being in control of it. So I'm thrilled that you all have joined us here today. So the first question I'd like to, to start off with is what do you believe are some of the stereotypes when it comes to finances and women? Um, what comes to mind? I think initially um, there's a certain myth that you have to be exceptional at math or that you have to understand everything about the financial markets and finance in general before you invest your first dollar. And that's just not the case. So traditionally, um, you know, we talk about men and the level of confidence that they have mm. in any aspect of life. They don't necessarily always have to know everything before they take the plunge. With women, a lot of boxes need to be checked off before doing anything and I think that translates into the investing aspect also. I think some of that is true too that you you know you talked about oh leave it to Bill but um, I think that's changing I think women are getting much better and more mm -hmm. confident at it and uh, you know again I think some of the stereotypes about women being bad with money well it's just not true they're right, good with right. it they, um, the thing that I noticed too is I think women are way more likely to say I don't know and search for help where I yes. think sometimes the guys are just gonna go full bore ahead right. and maybe not know what they're doing. Right, right, right. women ask for directions, men don't kind of thing. That's right, right. Yeah. yes. Yeah. What do you think, Kim? Yeah, I do think women tend to ask more questions and I think that that's okay. I think the biggest thing, you know, going back to what Anita said, you're not supposed to know everything about finance. That's why there's advisors. You can read a lot about it, um, but I do think that you know the scariest thing is probably starting mm -hmm. and knowing that you're not supposed to know where you're going. You're That's supposed right. to learn along the way. Well, and I like what right. you say about starting too, because I think the number one thing is to have a goal and track your goal. Yes. I mean, just the idea that I want to be good with money or I want to be able to retire with confidence, um, but you can't just wish it. You've got to do something. Well, I, one of the things that always worries me when I talk to other women is, and when I, I, I say that I let Bill worry about the finances, kind of half truth, because I pay attention. Mm -hmm. Heaven forbid something happens to him, right? And I've had this happen to a couple friends of mine. Their husband has mm -hmm. passed. They know nothing. Right. They don't it's know terrifying. where money is, right? Right? Mm -hmm. right. So, I mean, that in of itself is why we should pay well, attention. Again, right. you bring up a good point, and this is a weird statistic, but um, in my background as an estate planning lawyer, I've represented over a thousand families, and I'm pretty sure it's fewer than five percent have gotten divorced. Mm -hmm. So, why is yeah. that? Why is getting an estate plan kind of good luck in terms of 
keeping your marriage together, which helps you be wealthier. Right. 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 So, um, so anyway, I think one, one key advice, piece of advice would be get your estate plan done. It makes you as a couple bring your finances together and it forces know. the conversation. Right. Right. It's and good I, luck. I think, <laughs> I think you talk about two types of death, death of a spouse or death of a marriage. Mm -hmm. And both right. are reasons to get involved sooner than later. And I think it's important to say it's not an option, it's a requirement, and that you can't afford to not be involved. Right. I, I love that. Yeah, that I, I think that's so true. I think about investments, and you had mentioned earlier, Anita, that you know you don't have to be good at math. And I think maybe that's somewhat of the misnomer, that mm -hmm. it's not that we're not good at math, or women always say, I'm terrible at math. It's just that that's not our thing. It's, it's, it's you're not interested. Right? Yeah. We're right. not interested. So I think when it comes to investing, it's I, that's, that's maybe the minutiae, something I'm not interested in. What should women pay attention to when, when they think about investments? And maybe let me repose wow. the question. When, it, when you think of investment, what does that mean? Because I know it's not just the stock market, right? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. I think it's helpful to have the plan. So when you're thinking about your money, it's not what am I invested in. It's understanding why you're invested the way you're invested. Right. What risk are you taking on and why? So you don't necessarily need to know what every investment's going to do as the stock market moves. It's mm -hmm. putting together your big picture plan of here's what we have today, here's what we're able to save, and over time here's where we'll be and in retirement here's what we can spend. Mm -hmm. So I think starting with the plan and then understanding how your investments will move depending well, on what the market does. You bring up a great does. point, though, the plan, and, but who's going to help you with that plan? So I think finding a good advisor to work yes. with is key, mm -hmm. and that's kind of your world and, and yours, too. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. um, but I think, too, um, what the, both of you are saying, we haven't spoken this way as an industry to women. Think about mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we look at men and how they act as clients and investors, they're always looking at, what benchmark did I beat? Mm -hmm. Did I make more than the guy That's next funny. door, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. But Cammie, to your point, once we start talking about it from a goals-based perspective, mm -hmm. what can these assets do for you if mm -hmm. you plan accordingly? Mm -hmm. um, what's your goal long-term? Is it retirement? Is it just to travel the world? Is it to pay for your college education for your mm -hmm. children? Mm -hmm. More importantly for us, taking care of our loved ones in their old age, our parents, being caregivers. All of this requires money. Mm -hmm. and. As women, we tend to put ourselves last to begin with. So when we approach the topic as look at the freedom it will give you to take care of others mm -hmm. in your life, as well as yourself, oh, that's great positioning. then yeah. that's where, but, but we, we're getting there as an industry, mm -hmm. but we haven't historically done that. So I think that's an excellent And I'm not point. sure how many people realize we're going to live longer than men. That's so right. statistically, we need roughly $150,000 or more than men would in their retirement account, yet we lag behind. Yeah. So it's just, you know something to think about. Right. I would surmise that having that knowledge and, and having, well, I, I'm going to have post two questions. The first one is the empowerment yes. that, that being financially mm -hmm. savvy or safe with an advisor. So my question is, is there empowerment? And two, would you have advice on how to find that advisor? Because look, it's like, I'm going to trust somebody with my money. Mm -hmm. um, how do I know that you're going to make the right choice for me? How do you, and, and I think I heard that as women, we tend to be a little bit more skeptical yes. ver versus <clears throat> men who typically jump in. So what do you, like, I, I know this is your world, um, but how do you make people feel comfortable? How do you direct them so, so that it, they don't feel like they're, they're vulnerable? I think a lot of it is jargon and the language that we use. 
um, and it goes back again to the point that Cami made. I think it's it, understand the approach that that women want to listen to. It's not about the numbers. The numbers are a part of it, but the other aspect is. And it actually ties in with the empowerment question. Of course it's empowering. Knowledge is empowerment. Why? Because it gives you freedom, freedom of choice, right? Once you empower yourself with knowledge, whether it's on the financial health or the physical health, right, which mm -hmm. that's your background, mm -hmm. um, I think it gives you that, that, that freedom to make the choices that are best for you and your family. Mm -hmm. From an advisory standpoint, sitting down with a client, male or female, mm -hmm. and speaking their language, because no two clients are ever the same, mm -hmm. right? But talking to women about the element of risk, not just the return, but what's the risk involved, and how do we reach your long-term goals? I think that yeah, that's and then the right and then finding that person. You talk to your friends, or mm -hmm. if there's somebody you respect in the you know like a money mentor. That's such a nice thing to have. Yes. But I think that's really how you wind up finding somebody is asking someone you trust, right. and then you do, you know meet with multiple people because you really get a feel, don't you, between Absolutely. who you click with and who you don't. Right. And, Right. So it's not, I don't know, that's, it's not always easy, but you may as well do it because I think everybody needs, yeah. needs that help. I think you can ask your other advisors too. So if you have oh, an sure. estate planning attorney or if you have mm -hmm. an accountant, you can ask, you know, who would you recommend? Because most likely they have somebody in their network that they think right. would be a good fit. We get some of our best clients from our centers of influences, the partnerships that we have with CPAs and estate planning okay. attorneys. So Absolutely, that's an excellent yeah. point. Which yeah. makes sense. Yes. We, we know that investing can be a, a great value add to your uh, portfolio. Is that mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yay. Um, so why don't we do more of it? I, I, I've often thought since I knew we were going to do this show about, you know, you've heard about a fight club. What about like a money club? <laughs> right? Oh, great. Investing club. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Right. right. Where especially it's like a 101 where you go and you go, okay, I'll invest 100 bucks. <laughs> like, well, there's something about that, that group support and encouragement. Yes. So I love yeah. that idea. Yes. You're well, going to start it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I may. You're on. Today. You just volunteer. Um, but I think when you were talking about the responsibility part, women tend to be so responsible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what intrigues me is that why is this an area that that we're not necessarily, and, and I hate to say oh. we're not responsible, but there's a fear factor there. Don't you think maybe mm -hmm. it's slightly because you can't be sure? Yes. I mean, investing is a, it's, it's the unknown. True. And maybe that's something women shy away from. True. But you have to look at statistically, it's the right thing to do. If you just sit on your money, you're going to, inflation will eat into yeah. it. And so yeah. you're, you know, you're going to be out of luck. And Alice had mentioned earlier that, that we're slowly beginning to come out of that. And I agree. I would still say that traditional norms probably still exist and contribute mm. to that lack of confidence. And mm. I think that that's really all it is. Um, think about it. I still know women who are outsourcing this aspect not only to their husbands, but perhaps even their fathers, right? Mm -hmm. If your father was a financial advisor, great, right, great. Right. But mm -hmm. mine wasn't, yeah. right? He's still a great investor. but. He also grew up in a different time. Our fathers were all growing up in a different time during the, right. during the right. markets, right? So different elements are in place today that I think we have to make sure we're investing for ourselves. Well, and maybe we should be thinking, too, of our daughters yes. and, um, you know, empowering them. And mm -hmm. I'd say the number one thing that would help our daughters do well in life is to marry the right person. Amen. There's nothing worse than getting into a bad relationship. It's financially devastating, mm -hmm. emotionally devastating. And, and, you know, so be really big on what are the markers for who's good for you or not. How many times right. do we really have those conversations? Sure, right. Sure. Marrying somebody in debt. 
you know, yeah. that is in debt, right. although you may not know. Or different spending behavior. Sure. So much of this is behavioral. And exactly. I do think, you know, having those conversations before, you know, you commit to somebody is a great idea because right. how do you know unless you have them? Yeah. Although I do have to say when I got married, <laughs> Bill was very, very strict with his money and I've always been like, you need five bucks, here's five bucks, right? But over time, I've become more conservative and he's become a little, a, but, a little but less that way. you raise a good point because you don't have to be exactly the same, mm -hmm. but you just have to be, you know, I don't know, working with each other, not against each other. And I think people yeah. can improve. Like just having debt, that's not a deal breaker alone. It's that if you don't learn from mistakes or, you know, some amount of debt for student loans. I mean, good All luck right. finding a young person without student loans right. today. Sure. Nobody would get married if sure. you had to marry right. somebody without debt. Yeah. Well, um, that's a great point. Women graduating with, with debt. And we will continue this great conversation in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. Naperville Bank and Trust has the expertise, knowledge, and experience to help you reach your business goals. We would prefer to work with somebody like Naperville Bank and Trust. They're engaged in the community, they're able to help meet our financial needs, they understand us as a business. They provide all the tools that you would ask uh, that we as a growing business need of a bank. Most importantly to me, it's a, a great personal relationship we have with Tom and John and, and our bankers. It was the best thing we could have done in banking. And banking can be very cold. What the bank brings to us is, is that warm feeling when you come into the bank and people say, hi, Greg. It's about being part of the community again, about being a name again, about having credit for who your business is instead of just being, well, instead of just being a number. Naperville Bank and Trust, bring it home. So let's talk a little bit about college debt. We know people are talking about that now. I have a daughter who's gone back to graduate school, right, on her own dime. Um, what kind of advice might you give to women coming out of school, maybe starting their first job, $75,000, in debt, because that's what I'm hearing, and I don't know if that's oh, accurate, yeah. but mm -hmm. um, I would say pretty close. So what do you, what suggestions might you give to someone like that? Well, I'd say live at home if your parents will have you, yeah. and be a good house guest, be a helper, not a slob, and you know, don't, <laughs> don't make them want you that. out of the street. <laughs> yeah. But um, if anything they can do to channel every dime they make um, towards their loans would be yes. a, a real gift on part of the parents to help their child okay. get through that. Okay. Or for sure have roommates, something, but you've mm -hmm. got to chip away at not just the minimum payment. Mm -hmm. Keep. I mean, some of these kids, I've seen them with $1,000 a month in loan payments. Wow. It's like, how will they mm -hmm. ever yeah. you know, support themselves? Yeah. yeah, I would say start working immediately. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people, this is just my own personal bias because I did the undergrad, I did the grad, but I definitely worked all the way in between and through. Uh, I was fortunate. My parents did let me live with them for about a year after undergrad. 
every little bit helps. Right. If you're not paying rent, if you're not paying a mortgage, whatever it is, every little bit helps. And just keep working. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? No, just yeah. goals. You know, when mm -hmm. do you want to have it paid off, and sure. how are you going to get there? So. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen couples, um, you know, get together, and you you're, you talked about this too. You have to match up where you are with money. Yeah. And um, the horror of horrors is one student with debt marrying another student with debt. And I mean, but again, you've got to have hope. They will get through it. Everybody, you know, seems to find a way. Yeah. But it's terrifying. I yeah. mean, that is the yeah. next bubble would right. be yeah. the trillion dollar plus student loan debt. Yeah. It's and it's appalling. I have yeah. friends in their 40s that are still paying oh, off sure. college debt, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And my daughter, by the way, is living at home. Oh, her parents let us know. She cleans her room. <laughs> she cleans her room. She's a good house guest. Yes, okay, absolutely. Good. So I'd like to focus in a little bit on the area of expertise you each have, which is why I invited you here, because it's fascinating. <clears throat> Cami, I know you're a certified divorce financial advisor. Is that right, CDFA? Yes, certified divorce financial analyst. analyst so. Uh, I'm a CPA and a CFP as well, which means taxes and financial planning, but the CDFA is a specific spe uh, specific designation to work with clients as they're going through a divorce, and typically we work with one or the other. We can represent both as a financial neutral and help them work through their financial issues in a divorce, sort of like a mediation setting, mm -hmm. um, but more often than not, we're representing one client and helping them figure out with this divorce what is our financial future going to look like? Yeah. And so we understand the tax implications of assets. I think that's one area that can often be missed. So when you're splitting assets in a divorce, what are you truly getting after you consider the tax implications? Uh, so taxes is a big piece of it, but then also just planning for that new financial future because it can be extremely difficult financially to go through a divorce. So how can you feel comfortable with what you're about to sign and get on the right track and you know just feel okay about what you're spending. I would surmise that you'd notice a difference if, when you're working with a male client versus a female client. So what are some of the things or maybe the advice that you might give, a, a couple pieces of advice that you might give to a woman who's going through a divorce? Because I've actually had friends go, I'm just going to give them everything, it's not worth it. <gasps> right. right. I would say, <laughs> truly, oh, truly. absolutely. <laughs> My first piece of advice is always find a good attorney. Um, sometimes people will say, well, you know, we're not working with an attorney right now. I think that's the place to start. Understand what the legal process is because it is a legal process and understand what your rights are. I mean, right now, child support and maintenance are, it's based on statute in Illinois. And so there is something you're entitled to based on law. So start there and then just be educate yourself work with your attorney work with somebody like me or your financial advisor to understand what is there get all the assets on the table all the liabilities on the table so you can see everything that's there to then make good decisions about how you're going to split things oftentimes couples do want to work together but mm -hmm. it's such a tough process sure. that I do think it's good to have that individual representation and have somebody helping you personally. And empowering you, right? Absolutely. To make good choices. Yes. Um, so Anita, I know mm -hmm. you work with high net worth individuals, mm -hmm. um, couples as well as individuals, sure. right? Yes. Um, so same question that I posed to Cami. Mm -hmm. are, are there differences with your male clients, female clients, mm -hmm. or um, what advice would you give to women that maybe have this, this money and they're not really sure what to do with it or how to invest it properly? Well, at the risk of 
scaring women, <laughs> I'm going to scare women. You can't afford not to. Mm. This isn't, as I mentioned earlier, it's not an optional, it's a requirement, right? Mm -hmm. So the difference between men and women in general, whether they're our clients or elsewhere, I feel, um, men look at it as a game. Some of them almost to the point that it's, it's a gambling game, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're willing to take that little bit of extra risk if they need to, to just knock it to the moon. Women, uh, and we have many successful women, successful in their careers, successful raising a family, uh, are wealthy, mm -hmm. but they still have this fear in the back of their mind that they're going to die a bag lady. Mm. They always have this bag lady syndrome. They could be at the top of their game, and yet that fear, it's a fear factor. So the other thing that we've noticed is, especially when they come in as part of a couple, the female is always focused on, well, I clip coupons every time I go to the grocery store. <laughs> You know, I always look for the best sales when I go to Macy's or Nordstrom's or wherever. The point is not just about saving, it's about investing. And we, we've kind of noticed that women tend to focus more on the saving part, which is great, right? But that can't be enough. Yeah. That can't right. be enough to secure the type of retirement and your financial future. So I would say start focusing more on the investing <laughs> side. The other aspect, and we were just mentioning this at break time, the concept of risk, right? Everybody says, oh, women are just more risk averse. Not true, mm -hmm. not true. We are more risk aware. And there's a big oh, difference. We don't, we don't run from risk. Mm -hmm. It's just we want to know more before we take that step. We want to be more methodical, more intentional before we take that step. And that's OK, because you know what? It makes us better at the handful of women who are hedge fund managers, who are portfolio managers, are pretty good yeah. because they know the type of risk that they want to take. So we have a Women in Wealth initiative, as many firms in our industry are now mm -hmm. coming to see the need for a Women in Wealth initiative, because the dialogue is simply different. Mm -hmm. It's much more about goal attainment over the long haul, mm -hmm. and not just about paying your monthly bills on time. That's a part of it, that's sure. not all of it. Fascinating. Um, so Alice, uh, we've known each other for a very long time, and yeah. I know um, at one point you practiced regularly estate, estate planning, and right. now you share financial literacy. I mean, that's your area of expertise, which I love the, the term financial literacy, because I think that's something that's, that's, something that's attainable, right? right? I can be literate when it comes to finances. So tell me um, what pieces of advice that, that you give to women who are maybe just starting to, to pay attention right. to their finances. And it's funny because the financial literacy term has evolved into being called financial empowerment mm -hmm. because the, some, somewhere along the line literacy or being financially illiterate was seen as demeaning. Mm -hmm. So what's a phrase we could use and, and I don't know that the word really matters but empowerment's a nice word. Sure, sure. So, um, it, so, the, so to me it's to know your numbers. I think so many people don't have any idea how much is coming in and what their bills are. So I don't know how you set a goal without just crunching the numbers. And that means look at your bank statement. What do your utilities cost? What is your mortgage payment? What is your average income? And once you get to that, okay, so now you've got this is the amount of money you have to work with. And I'm a big believer in daily goals. So mm -hmm. I learned this from Weight Watchers that you know you set and track what you eat and that's how you, you know, with group support, sure. that's how you lose weight. And we applied that to money. And there's something so powerful about knowing how much money can you spend every day without going into debt. 
And, um, you know, it just it makes you rethink how you do things. And, you know, some days are worse than others. You just know you have to, you should see, and we have an app for this, and if you overspend, you get a red arrow, and it makes your stomach hurt. <laughs> yeah, so now that Casey's in college, we get that red arrow. <laughs> she but, um, but, you know, it means I have to be careful in other areas. Sure. So um, I think that is a big thing and I think it's a big deal to have a money partner you know accountability partner so whether it's your spouse or a friend yeah. but you know when you say I have a goal um, and you write down that goal it gets you to it yeah. and then mm -hmm. it's nice to show up you know once a week or once a month with whoever um, we used to have Sunday be our day of accountability <laughs> Dan and I would compare our journals from spending and I mean we don't do that anymore but it was helpful and, uh, you know, again, you don't know what to change if you don't know what you're doing wrong. So I think tracking spending for a certain amount of time is really eye-opening. And something as simple as, like, you know, how many of us do a $5 coffee a day? I don't. I don't either. You <laughs> no. can see I brought my coffee. But, um, but I don't do that because I started tracking. And I realized, gosh, do I really mean to be spending almost $2,000 a year on a drink I can make at home? Right. No. Right. And, so if you talk to any depression era person, that's how they got ahead. It yeah. was the little things. And when you say that to your children, their eyes roll, like, really, mom? <laughs> yes. But, you know, think about our poor children. Our, our living large was a 25-cent Slurpee. Yeah. Their living <laughs> right. large is a Mochiato something or other. I right. can't even pronounce that's it. That's $7. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And they don't think that's a big deal, but it, it kind of hurts my soul that that's the way they live. And, right. and they'll, they'll figure it out they're more likely to figure it out from somebody other than their parent. Well, yeah. I think I heard, and I don't know, you, you all will know this, that um, our, our children's generation will never be able to accumulate the wealth that their, that their parents have. And I, maybe that's not an accurate way of stating it, but that they'll never have as much money as their parents. And I'll give you an example. I have four children, right? They look at buying a house and college debt, although I think only one has college debt now. Um, but. It's that they go. You know what? I'm staying in an apartment. I don't. I don't right. want to buy a house. Which, of course, we have conversations <laughs> about that. But it's it's different how they view money, um, and whether it's it's my my sons and and my daughter both talk about the same thing. So I don't know. Well, we, hmm. I don't know about you guys, but we see this in estate planning that the parents are pretty sure that they need to leave their children money towards their retirement because mm -hmm. their children aren't going to be mm -hmm. able to retire like they did without inheriting something. Well, I think, and maybe this is another segment, but I don't know that money is that important to them. I mm -hmm. think from I Depression agree. era and then mm -hmm. the generation that comes after, I think we all felt like, oh, you know, we have point. a goal to get to money, money, money. And I don't mean that in a, in no, a negative aspect, mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. how we were raised, right? Right, right. right now, it's much more about um, attaining true happiness and all of the other aspects that yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. yeah much more there's a much more philosophical goal I right. think for for right. that generation just looking at my own kids right sure. 16 and 13 I can see things like that mm -hmm. um, but so, they don't complain about the way they live with their parents no right? they don't but but <laughs> guess what when they were six and three we took them to India yeah. okay so when uh, they came back what's the first thing they did they went into their little playroom they didn't talk and they just played with their toys. Do you know why? Because they were in a country for two weeks where having one toy was a huge luxury mm -hmm. to a mm -hmm. six and a three-year-old. Right. So it is about perspective. Yes. We've mm -hmm. just Great. all grown up much more differently. Very than, fortunate. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very yes. fortunate. So um, before we wrap up, um, I'd like for, for each of you just to share one piece of advice or one thing that women should know when it comes to their relationship with money. So. I'll go first. Yeah, okay. I think it's never too early to start, mm. but it's never too late to learn. 
So no matter where you're at and what your situation is, you know, the earlier the better, they say, as far as saving and uh, planning for retirement. But it's never too late to learn. You know, if you've never done it before, you're not supposed to know. So it's never too late to learn. Get Great. involved. Great. Great. Alice? Oh, I'd say relationships is the biggest deal. Mm. You know, it's even among friends, you don't want a friend that's going to financially drain you, mm. like the kids having weddings at, um, and <laughs> young people are never going to get ahead because they're just being soaked by their friends to travel for mm. parties yes. and the weddings. And, mm -hmm. and then it's your spouse, you know, or partner, whoever you mm -hmm. wind up with, you want to you have, a, have a good match that way. That's great. Nita? I'm going to cheat and combine both of their answers. <laughs> so relationships is so critical because one of the things that I was thinking about, think about what we're doing here. We're having this informal conversation about money. How many times do women actually do that? We don't mm -hmm. talk about mm -hmm. it. Women get together on a Friday night and over a glass of wine, it's easier for them to talk about their annual OB-GYN checkups than it is this <laughs> yeah, topic. We're so, so frightened yeah. of this topic. Yet, you know, who are you working with, Cami? Who's your advisor? What are you doing to invest for the future? What happens if your husband passes? Right. Do you folks talk about that? This is a conversation. So step one, relationships, especially with your girlfriends. Mm. Start talking about the topic. Mm -hmm. The other aspect, as, as Cami mentioned, never too early, never too late, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be so frightened away from it. And it is not. The other myth, as we started this conversation, the other myth that we need to dispel is that stock market investing is like gambling. It is not. Mm. You have to look at it as investing, mm. investing a dollar to make it grow. And if it's something as simple as buying an index fund and just throwing money in on a monthly basis, right? right. Start simple, start small. Mm -hmm. Right. So start the conversation start. with your friends about, you know, um, money. Right. Do you know if something happened to your husband tomorrow? Do you know the password to your bank account? Do you even know how right. to access you? Do you even know right. what bank you're banking at? <laughs> right. Right. right? And yeah. those are, um, there was something that I heard that over the last 90 years that there has been a nine and a half percent return on the stock market. Mm -hmm. Is that true? That's pretty, that's pretty consistent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Inclusive of recessions, yeah. Right, yeah. right, including that. Mm -hmm. um, this has been a fascinating conversation, and I, I think I'm going to take your advice, and I think we need to do a, another segment. But thank you all so much for your time, your insight, and your expertise. Thank you for joining us for Inside the Chamber. We hope you found the information in today's program valuable. Please join us again for our monthly programs. And in the meantime, remember, when you're looking to shop or dine, think Chamber and visit Naperville.net to support the Chamber of Commerce and our business community. Mm -hmm.